the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. A warm welcome to you. My name is Julian Gibb from the Harvest Foundation, and you are listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. And today we're once again blessed to have uh, my boss, Bob. Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, last time we were on the show, we... we uh, we kind of went off script, and that's okay. <laughs> so uh, if you are tuning in, perhaps you're listening on the computer around the world, uh, a warm welcome to you. On this show, uh, The Kingdom and Its Stories, we're seeking to find out how it is that we as God's people can reach out to the communities around us. How can we be Jesus's hands and feet? And uh, last time, Bob and I spoke. We, uh, Bob, we were discussing about Ephesians four, and you were saying how that uh, when the church serves other people, it is a form of worship. Yes, yeah. And uh, just one more technical thing: I can't see you, so I'm not <laughs> sure. There we go. Okay. <laughs> technical problems. <clears throat> well, isn't isn't technology Techno- wonderful? Technology is wonderful when it works. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and you actually want to see me, so I'm very flattered. Yeah, uh, I do. Yeah. That's, uh, that's very flattering. Many don't. So, um, so Bob, you know, you were saying how uh, if we want to worship the Lord, you know, of course that's something that we do through the week or on a Sunday, you know, with a, a band or a choir. You know, we're there worshiping, uh, singing our hearts out, and praying together. But also another form of worship, you know, is is serving our neighbor, putting other people first before ourselves every waking moment. Yeah, I I think that it's more than just another form. Mm. Um, And I, I think in our sort of Protestant, evangelical, charismatic churches, we... Um, generally associate, you know, the, you know, the praise and worship as the primary form of worship. And um, I think that's really a misplacement of what God's, what God's desires are. I think the primary form of worship is that we are like Jesus, the more we are conformed to the image of Jesus, the more we are worshiping him. And I, I'm really convinced that, uh, <clears throat> that you know, placing uh, our emphasis on the sort of praise and worship time 
as the primary we worship God is misplaced. And, uh, and we think because, because it's misplaced, I think that <clears throat> we tend to excuse ourselves from not being like Jesus, mm. um, by, um, by thinking we've worshiped him on Sunday morning or the other times we gather to worship, um, and, or even in our primary in, in private devotions, uh, you know, we, you know, we, we think that that's what God wants from us. Well, it is. It's part of what he wants, but I really think that it's the minor portion of what he wants. Mm. The major portion of what he wants is who we are and, and how do we live? And when we live our daily lives, when we speak in our regular conversations, do we reflect Jesus? I mean, um, uh, that's, I think, the primary we worship, the primary way we worship the Lord. Well, that's a, that's a hard, tough order, Bob. You know, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, can't you be a bit more like Fred or like Jane? You know, it's kind of... Yes, we can and we do and we are. <laughs> We're often like Fred and Jane. But uh, rather than like Jesus, and uh, yeah. and and we can't do we can't do that on our own, Julian. That's that only comes as the Holy Spirit has infused us. Are we not just baptized in in the Spirit, but are we uh, pickled? <laughs> How do you turn a cucumber into a you know, into a pickle, you soak it. And, um, you know, you soak it in vinegar. And we need to be so soaked um, in Jesus and the Holy Spirit that that we taste like him. Hmm. So let, 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 me, let me put this down to, uh, let me lower the intellect here to Julian level. So <clears throat> nat- naturally, <laughs> naturally I, I, I don't want to serve you. Naturally, I want you to serve me. Um, you know, there's well, the world's hard enough already. You know, you have to do this, you have to do that. There's this problem, that problem, um, and so then to add on top of that, the thing that I'm then meant to put you first, and uh, or, or uh, my neighbor, or even my enemy first. You know, as, as the scripture says, you're saying that uh, for for the human by itself. Um, they're not able to do that, you know, uh, on, on a consistent run. Sure, I can go out and do something nice. You know, I can occasionally go and help someone else or, or so forth. But consistently, uh, loving other people is going to be a, an act of the Holy Spirit. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think God created us to be like that. But in the fall, when we accepted Satan's uh, invitation to listen to him rather than to listen to God, we lost that. Mm. And so it's not a natural response. It takes us, um, again, to be pickled, right? to be filled, to be soaked in God's spirit, in God's character, uh, so that uh, his character works through what was um, vandalized in the fall. Because, you know, I feel in a bit of a pickle, but in the wrong type, you know, because uh, <laughs> I know what Jesus is calling us to be. 
uh, and there's this sort of internal struggle of I, I, I want to, I want, I do want to serve Christ. I do want to love my my neighbour, uh, but there's this there's this sort of internal battle of, you know, sort of like split into two. You know, that's what I want to do, but I part of me really doesn't. You know, and well, but this I, side, yeah. so t- tell me about that. How how do we overcome this? Well, this internal I, I think battle? That, um, the pickle analogy is a good one here too. You know, if we soak ourselves in uh, in the world rather than soaking ourselves in Jesus and in what he tells us to do and thinking and meditating about how we live that out, that, you know, what, what do we choose to be pickled in? Mm. What do we choose to be soaked in? And if if we spend our time in the world and we're soaked by that, we're going to reflect that flavor. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, you know, the scripture talks about dwelling in Christ. And I, so are we pickled? Are we mm-hmm. are we soaked in Christ? Mm-hmm. And the more we've soaked in Christ, I think the more we're going to reflect that character. I mean, on on a basic level, <clears throat> that rings true, does it not? You know, it's sort of the 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 environment that you're in bears an effect upon you. You know, the, whether you're walking with the wise or walking with the unwise, you know, whether you're, you know, sort of the culture that you are in has a has a bearing upon you. You know, as as humans, we tend to look around and go, oh, well, that's just how it is. You know, and and that's what I need to do in order to fit in, in order to be a to be accepted, appreciated into the tribe, into the clan. You know. Uh, and yet, and yet, so uh, we have two choices. You're saying, and one is to be conformed to the world around us, uh, to make ourselves more uh, likable, acceptable to to the world. Yeah, let me let me interrupt here just a little bit. Okay. I think that um, that it's not so much that we choose to be conformed to the world. I think it's more that as we dwell in the world, it conforms us to it. Mm. Um, so it's, it's not a choice so much of, you know, am I going to be conformed to the world or am I going to be conformed to Jesus? It's more of where do we spend our time soaking? Mm. So soak in, um, yeah, so soak in one substance and you, you, you soak And you that take up. on the flavor of what, in, in uh, what you're soaked in. So how, how, how do I get soaked in Christ? You know how how does uh, because you know I've been I've been soaked in the world for quite a long time and it's um, uh, stained me. Going to get in trouble for that. It's st- <laughs> stained me, or you know, and I'm sure I've gone along with the staining myself. You know, uh, but uh, how how do I become cleansed and and now yeah, soaked I, in Christ? I, I think that uh, Brother Lawrence. Uh, um, is a great example um, Mm. of how that happens. You know, the monks asked him, you're a cook. You spend your time washing pots and pans and cleaning the kitchen floor and preparing meals. And, and, and we spend our time in prayer. How is it that you seem to be so, so reflecting of, of the image of Christ and his, response is written in the practice of the presence of God, a, a very useful little pamphlet. Um, he, uh, he says, you know, it doesn't matter whether I'm mopping the floor, 
washing the pots and pans, I'm always conscious of Jesus' presence. Mm. I live in his presence. It doesn't matter what I do. And um, and I, I think that's really true with us. You know, it doesn't matter whether we're a grocery clerk or, or um, you know, a, an accountant or a pastor. Um, you can be a pastor and really spend time studying and preparing for a sermon, I think, without being in God's presence. Mm. You're focused on a task rather than dwelling in Christ's presence and in, in the presence of the Holy Spirit and allowing him to influence our thinking. So, you know, we, we, we think sometimes, okay, well, let's have our morning devotions. And then, you know, we go on about our daily business and don't think about God until the next time uh, there's a crisis or we have our next morning devotions. Instead of thinking as we live about Jesus and allowing him through his spirit to speak to us in preparing the message or going about our accounting business or working the in as a clerk in a grocery store or it, it, it's dwelling in the presence of God. And I think that 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 takes a conscious practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not something that just happens. We need to consciously be aware that we are in God's presence, no matter what it is that we're doing. And as we the more we do that, the more we will reflect Christ. Mm. And as you say, it is it is a discipline because, you know, there, there's so much that's seeking to pull us away. Yes, you know? absolutely. I mean, it's it's a battle at times, you know, sort of I sit there and focus on Jesus Christ and it's like, oh, I'm hungry, you know, or, yeah, <laughs> or right. you know, it's sort of like, oh, you know, and, and noble things as well. Like, oh, I've got a lot of a uh, lot of work to do today, you know. Uh, now, one of one of my weaknesses is the cell phone. Ah, and um, I'm a very curious person, mm. and uh, and uh, the internet knows that, <laughs> and so it's always bringing up things that I'm interested in, and I think, oh wow, I wonder what that's about. Yeah, and and rather than um, um, you know just fighting against that. Mm. You know, and I and I think in our modern cell phone age that that's a real temptation for a lot of people, mm-hmm. and we we allow ourselves to be distracted by that rather than being distracted by the Lord who wants to wants us to dwell in Him. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and as in uh, as it's screw tape letters with C.S. Lewis is talking mm-hmm. about. Uh, you know, with uh, is it Wormwood, the the little devil, yeah. and uh, he's saying, you know, yeah. uh, when you, when you're uh, when you're human, your subject, you know, is uh, drawing near to the to yeah, to and God. Wormwood knows your weaknesses. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's yeah. like d- distract him, make him think he's hungry, get him away, anything, you know, don't don't let him get on his knees and pray. Exactly right, and, and you don't have to literally get on your knees. You can be on your knees, uh, no matter what you're doing. Mm. But it's a conscious choice. You know, and as Jesus said, you know, like go to uh, a solitary room by yourself, you know, and uh, close the door. And, uh, you know, because it's always good to to remember that Jesus himself withdrew to solitary places, you know, Mm -hmm. to pray. You know, so if, 
if Jesus, you know, uh, wishes to be with the Father to pray, then it's probably a good idea for us. Yes, but we don't. I think it's important also, Julian, to realize that we don't have to. We don't have to literally get alone. Mm. Explain, I th- explain more. Well, I, I think it, it's a matter of attitude. It's a matter of mm. focus and awareness. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in this conversation that we're having right now, you know, can we be focused on what God is trying to say? So, yes, I, withdrawing is important. But we don't have to withdraw physically. We can withdraw mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, we can withdraw spiritually into, into a quiet place. I'm thinking of uh, Susanna Wesley, John Wesley's mother. You know, she mm-hmm. was uh, alone with uh, the kids. I can't remember how many, but there was a, a quite a brood a of bunch. them. A bunch, yeah. And so uh, what she would do is when they're around, she would get a, uh, a blanket, a sheet, whatever, put it over her head, you know, with all the kids. <laughs> and that was the sign where the kids could not disturb her. And she'd okay. pray. So all there'd right. be mayhem, you know, whirling around her, and she'd be praying and then, she would uh, pull the sheet back up and she'd be, you know, renewed and able to face the children for another couple of hours, you know. So, <laughs> But uh, you're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. My name is Julian Gibb, and today we're be- blessed to have uh, Bob Moffat, president and founder of the Harvest Foundation. And we've been discussing how um, we can either be formed, crafted uh, in the culture of the world around us or into the person of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, Bob, you know, with um, being crafted into the form of, of Jesus Christ, you know, is this, uh, it's obviously something that's not an overnight sensation, you know, a flick of a switch, you know, it's something that, that takes, um, well, the rest of our lives, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, what, you know, what, 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 how, when we become more Christ-like, what is the one of the main characters that we show? What is the what is the, one of the main things that we do? We become. Well, I think as we talked about the last time we interviewed, the main thing we become is a servant that reflects the servant characteristics that are described in Philippians, uh, Philippians two, and um, and that is we're obedient to what Christ has called us to be and do. Secondly, we're humble. We don't look at ourselves as better than anybody else. Um, uh, the third is that we're, we're willing to be sacrificial as we serve others. It's not just serving others with what's left over. Mm. It's, serving, uh, it's serving them sacrificially, and not with something that we don't have, but with what we do have. I think a lot of people, you know, think that okay, well, if I had more, I would, I would give more. But that's not what Christ did for us. He served to the nth degree. He gave his life for us. Mm. And 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 then also in Hebrews twelve, we see that he served joyfully. But for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And so instead of thinking, oh, oh, poor me, I have to serve. Um, and being down in the mouth about serving, we joyfully serve. Mm-hmm. So obediently, humbly, sacrificially, and joyfully, um, it, it, it's it, what are the marks of someone who is like Christ? I think that is the clearest 
presentation in scripture of what it means to look like Christ. Mm. And I think we can measure that, you know, not in, uh, in exact terms, but, you know, those are the metrics that indicate whether or not we are like Jesus. Because uh, Jesus said, you know, I've come not to be served, but to serve. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, service is good. It's nice, you know. Sort of, you can go out and do a few things and help a few people. Um, but you know, is it is it is it really going to have any effect on the uh, the cares and the problems that this world is facing? This, you know, it, yeah, it, I, I, I don't, I don't think that's our business. Mm. Tell <laughs> us more. Yeah, we we um, we want to see the results, don't we? Yes. Yes, and, lots of results. You know, yeah, uh, and we don't—we're not the ones that bring the results. God is the one that brings the results, and He does it through our obedience. Second Chronicles seven fourteen says, "If my people will live the way that I ask them to live, I will heal." It's not that we heal, mm. and we want to see the evidence of healing. But taking the example of the early church, um, you know, if you would look just um, in metrics terms, it would seem like Christ's time with us on the earth was an utter failure. He was killed Mm. and he was buried. But it took 300 years for that percolation of obedience of his disciples to produce what we call the Christian empire, a p- movement from a pagan empire. So, you know, we need to be faithfully believing that God will honor our obedience, whether we see it or not. Mm-hmm. And so do we have to see results from our service? We love to see them, and we praise God when we see them, and we thank the Lord for that, and we're encouraged by that. But we need to be like those early Latin American missionaries who many of them served their whole lives in Latin America in the early days and never saw one conversion. Mm. And now we see the movement of the Holy Spirit in Latin America in powerful ways, and um but that's hundreds of years later. And so we need to be confident that God is faithful to do what he says he would do. And that is that he heals if we are like Jesus, if we are obedient and we're like him, he heals. And we need to be so confident in that, that we don't have to see results from our service in order to believe that, to be convinced that he honors his promise to us. I mean, that that's so reassuring, really, because, you know, if, 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 if the weight was on our shoulders, you know, if the results were down to us, you know, if it, if it, was, if it was down to us to save the world, you know, we, we'd be crushed before we yes. even stepped out of the door, you know, just that, that weight. And so knowing that merely our call is to obediently step out, you know, of our, of, of our room, of our house, wherever, and serve and leave the results to Jesus Christ, to, 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 give, to be obedient and to give our all and let Christ produce the results. Amen. Mm. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so what, what would you say to, to, to me and also to someone who's listening uh, on the radio, what would you say to them uh, about um, uh, 
being a trusting in Christ, being obedient to Christ, and stepping out um, under under His uh, leadership. Well, I think the first thing is to realize that this is a process, um, and that we are all wounded, and we are all vandalized by Satan. None of us are perfect, but if we desire. If our passion is to be like Jesus, he will, in a process, not, it's not something that happens with a, with a click of the fingers or the turning of a knob or the flipping of a switch. It's something that God does over a process. And the more we desire to be like Jesus, the more we practice being like him, the more the Holy Spirit transforms us into his image so it's a process be patient when you you know that besetting sin okay confess it move on um okay amen you know i mean because uh, you do you do you know we, we slip up and we go oh it's there's no point we're doomed we're never going to make it no you there know? is a point yeah yeah and it's just like and the no, point is to be consistent you know consistently seeking you know for more Consistently seeking. Amen to that. And if you'd like to learn more, go to our website, www.harvestfoundation.org. And there you can see the curriculum that we teach. And that's just a little part of what we've been listening to do today. But whoever you are, go out in obedience and let God produce the results. Thank you, Bob. Amen. Thank you. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.